catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Over half a million tons of discarded appliances are processed in Nigeria every year, threatening both the health of people in the informal recycling industry and the nation's environment. Nigeria is one of the largest importers of second-hand electronic materials. At least half of the 600,000 tons of electronic equipment imported into Nigeria are second-hand e-waste, uh, with Lagos as a city with the largest second-hand materials port in the country and with an unknown amount imported over land routes from neighboring countries. More than 25% of these are dead on arrival, heading straight to dump sites or for dismantling. According to the International Labour Organization, ILO, up to 100,000 people work in the informal e-waste recycling sector in Nigeria, collecting and dismantling electronics by hand to reclaim the sellable components. Informal workers are directly exposed to hazardous chemicals and commonly suffer respiratory and dermatological problems, eye infections, and this lowers their average life expectancy. The waste with no economic value is often dumped or burned, thereby releasing pollutants including heavy metals and toxic chemicals, including dioxins, furans, flame retardants into the air, water and the soil. Over 52,000 tons of brominated, that's flame retardant plastics, 4,000 tons of lead, 80 tons of cadmium, 0.3 tons of mercury are burned or dumped in Nigeria every year. Is every electronic you use e-waste? Where do your used and your disposed TVs, phones and computers go? Where should they actually go and how should you properly dispose of your electronics? Who should bear the burden of properly disposing of the electronic waste generated? As we celebrate the International E-Waste Day 2021, we all have a part to play to ensure that this world is safe for us all. What role should you play to ensure this happens? In this episode, we're speaking with an environmental and sustainability consultant and the executive secretary of e-waste producer responsibility organization of Nigeria, APRON, Mrs. Ibukun Falui. E-Waste Producer Responsibility Organization Nigeria is a non-profit organization set up by electrical and electronic producers in Nigeria. It is the first producer responsibility organization for electronic waste in Nigeria established to coordinate the efficient, cost-effective and environmental sound management of end-of-life electronics. Welcome, Ma. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Tony. Thank you very much for having me here today. Yeah, it's really good to have you here. And I uh, hope this conversation doesn't just stop at the conversation. I hope everyone takes home something and uh, we can continue the awareness even after this week. Absolutely. That will be very important because that's where we can get results and then just end up talking. Yeah, so let's start with e-waste, understanding what e-waste is. What qualifies a waste as e-waste? Are all electronics and everything we use with electronics or e-waste or are there some classifications? Okay, e-waste is electrical electronic equipment that is not functional again, that cannot serve its intended purpose. And when we mean electrical electronic equipment, we're talking about anything that has a plug or anything that uses battery. So um, your pulse refrigerators, the, your handheld devices that are no longer functional, your 
laptops, computers, your bulbs in your house, air conditioning system, anything that works with electricity or a battery. It's electronic waste when it's no longer functional again. Wow, interesting. Um, I really didn't think my bulb was also a part of e-waste, but now I know better. Now, I reeled out some numbers while I was doing the intro. How bad is the situation in Nigeria, really? Quite impressed when you were reading out that data because it's so real. And it's just what we have in the system in terms of the amount of data. You just got it right. Most of those data from the Global E-Waste Monitor, from International Labor Organization, are results of studies that have been put to quantify the volume of e-waste that's generated and the kind of harm it exposes us to in terms of climate change and then the adverse health impacts that it actually causes when e-waste is managed in an environmentally unsound manner. So you, you got it right. You have the data, very correct data from reliable sources. Now, let's look at the people that are affected by this waste and this pollution. Um, I talked about the those who work in the informal sector, especially those that handle the e-waste. Uh, are they the most affected by this waste and this pollution? And let's try to help people understand better how this can actually affect them personally if uh, they don't do anything about it. Okay, so that's a very good one you, you're asking. And the way I would like to, you know, illustrate this is to ask you what's the difference between the air that we're breathing in Agege and the air that we're breathing in Leki. Is there a difference? I doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, th there's no difference. What, this is the same air. The environment has no boundaries. The same water that flows in the lagoon finds its way into the oceans. So the effects, there are some people that are primarily affected, but the secondary effects, you know, we are all, it impacts each and every one of us. The people in the immediate environment may be more affected, but each and every one gets eventually affected because... Like I mentioned, the environment has no boundaries. So when this informal sector handles the e-waste in environmentally unsound manner, burning the cables that releases dioxins, releases furans, all these are carcinogenic gases that we just go into the air and travel around to whichever places. Now, in the course of burning, it rains, it, it, the metals in these um, cables leach into the ground. They affect the underground water. The, that also has no boundaries. So the effect is on each and every one of us. We just can't look away. Now, for those who work in this informal sector, can anything be done about their health or their safety or even maybe improving their working conditions? Yeah, a, a lot can be done. And um, right now, there's a lot that is being done. It was um, in the news uh, about two weeks ago when we inaugurated some 204 informal collectors on the JEF project. That's the Global Environment Facility Project, a secular electronics project that is ongoing in Nigeria now with the support of um, Global Environment Facility and UNEP. The idea is to try to formalize these informal collectors and get them to transition from these environmentally unsound practices that is going on now to more formal arrangements, take e-waste away from informal recycling to formal recyclers. So they just walk in between as collectors and they just collect from consumers and let it end up with, you know, either the formal collectors or in the hands of the recyclers without handling it because they do not have the expertise 
to handle it correctly. And it, it is the handling that makes e-waste a problem. On its own, e-waste will do no harm to no one. But it is when you tamper with it, trying to extract the valuable fractions in very crude manner, then you're staring problems, you know, and then it affects all of us. So the position of Epron as a producer responsibility organization is that, okay, while we are working to make e-waste better, we will also include this informal sector. And good enough, that's also the plan of the federal government of Nigeria and also even the Lagos state government that we're currently piloting the project with. Oh, that's interesting. Let's stay with the role of the apron. Now, help us better understand what extended producer responsibility legislation is all about and what it intends to solve. Okay, so basically the extended producer responsibility principle is a principle that makes the producer of any or a manufacturer of any product, whatever it may be, to responsible for the product even at its end of life. And the reason is simple. If you manufacture something, you are in a better position to say, oh, what's the best way it can be managed? And if you know that you're going to be responsible for that at its end of life, when you're designing your products or you're, you're making your products out there, you're already thinking about that end of life and already making those considerations in your design. So you know that at the end of the day, I'm going to take care of the lead in my products. You're already thinking, okay, if lead is going to be a problem at that time, what other alternatives can I put so that it's less hazardous? And that, that's the whole concept about it. So it, it makes the producers of uh, equipment responsible for managing the products at its end of life. So it makes you think of, you know, circular economy in, in terms of how can these products be better used. Now, in the Nigerian climate, and especially in, for this sector, uh, quite a number of uh, the producers that we have here are not the primary manufacturers, but because they have brought the products into the market, they are the ones responsible also for handling that. So at this point, a lot of the focus in this, of the responsibility is on them collecting and getting it recycled in an environmentally sound manner, which will also feed back into the OEMs that have supplied the product to them, you know, and say, okay, this is what we experience in terms of our collection and recycling, and these are the design changes that will be relevant to make. So do we have such legislation in Nigeria and how much implementation um, so far do you think has gone with it? We do have the electrical electronics regulation, triple E 2011, which was recently reviewed in 2020. It's a regulation that has been in place since 2011, like I mentioned. And to give more life to the regulation in 2014, the federal government of Nigeria, I think at the instance of the National Assembly, developed an EPR guideline for different sectors now, not just for the electrical and electronic equipment sector, because there are quite a number of sectors that this EPR affects currently. But even more recently, also on the Jeff projects, last August, a guidance document specifically for the electrical and electronic equipment sector was gazetted which delineates individual responsibility of all the actors in an EPL system as to what everybody needs to do. And the implementation is what has better of an organization like EPRON. EPRON was incorporated in 2018 and became operational in 2019 by producers of electrical and electronic equipment that decided that, okay, for us to fully implement this EPL, we do not have expertise as individuals to be collecting and managing electronic waste. That's not our focus. Our focus is to either assemble or market um, electrical and electronic equipment. So let's form an independent organization that is not for profit, that will collect, you know, transparently manage this process for us. And that's what brought about the birth of April in 2019. And um, quite a number of things have been going on in terms of making the arrangements to 
implementing the cost-effective and transparent manner that these things need to be done. So this year, the focus is on consumers and help so that consumers can help because it seems like it's a lot more impactful when consumers are involved in the process. What um, more can be done about the issue of awareness to consumers to ensure that e-waste is disposed of properly? And is there a system, for example, where willing consumers can dispose of their e-waste properly? And are there incentives to encourage this practice? Yeah, good question, Tony. Because like I mentioned, we started the pilots from Lagos. We have 23 collection centers now that have been established in Lagos to where all consumers can take back their electronic electronic equipment. And because we understand that just 23 can they serve the whole of Lagos, how easy will it be for consumers also to be going to all these places? The, The informal collectors that have been inaugurated are going to be assigned uniforms and identities for people to be able to conveniently and safely work with them. So very recently, there's a lot of advocacy that is going to go out on this and to put all these collection centers and the identity of the collectors out there for people to see. Because like you mentioned, the topic for this year is consumer is key. Without consumers playing their parts, we can never have a circular economy. We can never responsibly manage e-waste in Nigeria. Because if you have it and you give it to people that will take it back into that informal process, then, I mean, it's, it's going to be disastrous. You know, we won't have the right results that we need. But if you take it to the formal collection channels or you give it to these informal collectors that we are formalizing, then we are certain that it will end up in the right place, formal recycling practices, where those materials can be harnessed into new products and then hazardous materials are handled the way they should be handled. So there's a growing concern for e-waste in big cities like Lagos, especially with the increase in smartphone and internet penetration, you know, aside the love that a lot of people have for foreign fairly used electronic goods. Should we shy away from this technological development and advancements because of the effects of e-waste like a lot of people have um, encouraged us to? Okay, so when you look at the advantages that technology brings to us in all aspects of our lives, then you will see that it's so valuable. For example, we on this, you know, having this radio presentation this morning, you know, we, we are having this very nice conversation because of technology that we are able to do this. And so many other things in areas of medicine, you know, just look at the onset of the COVID pandemic. During the lockdown, a lot of schools were able to go back to teaching the students from home because of technology. So technology presents enormous advantages. We can't shy away from using it. But we must use it wisely and smartly and think secularly as we're going through it. Do you abandon a gadget just because the next one has come on, which necessarily does not serve much purpose? I mean, what is the need for the next new gadget you're acquiring? That's what you must keep asking yourself so that we do not increase obsolescence unnecessarily. That's on the one hand. Then secondly, when your devices are not functional, what do you do? Is it the first thing you think about is I put it in the corner, it doesn't work again, let, let me buy the new one. Can it be fixed? So if we, we, we look at fixing, then we start reducing it. Then there are other concepts we could also be looking at in terms of sharing. There's a facility and in that facility there are multiple offices. Every office in that facility has their own large copier. You all decide, okay, we have one very big copier here and we all share. Or, you know, so many other arrangements so that we reduce what we generate in terms of e-waste. And then eventually when we do generate them, 
how do we manage them? So, I mean, those are the kind of thinking that we need to start having in our consciousness and to affect our behavior so that we will not be increasing the problem because the problem is very on the increase now. Everybody thinks that, oh, while I, it's fun, it's fashionable to have these latest gadgets and all of that, but we need to really be thinking, is that the right thing to do at this time? Because having the latest gadget is not always what we need. Can my current gadget serve my purpose? So if my current gadget can serve all the purpose I need it for, why acquire the next one? And then even when you do acquire one or two, have you thought about donating what you had before to people that would also need it so that they don't go get a new one? So it's not just sitting down in your place, lying fallow, not doing it, serving any purpose. So those are the kind of thinking that we need to adopt and then we will be able to, you know, reduce the e-waste we generate. Wow, very interesting take there, I must say. Uh, tell us about the activities planned for this year, especially from your end, Apron. Yeah, so for us at um, Apron, tomorrow is International E-Waste Day. We're going to have a good discussion on the role of the consumers. We're going to have also a small competition between two schools in Lagos State that are going to be collecting, um, they started collecting e-waste since yesterday. And then they're going to showcase what they've collected and the winner gets a prize. So that's that about the International E-Waste Day. But in terms of the organization as a whole, we have quite a lot going on this year. We are finalizing our levy structure. We are also finalizing arrangements to move to some other states. Once the collection starts in Lagos, and then we're able to successfully do that, we need to move to other states of the country, starting with Rivers and uh, Abuja, Ogun and all of that. And then we just need to scale up our collection activities all over the country. Oh, you have a lot on your hands. So I know you have some expertise in assisting organizations to operate profitably while also fulfilling their environmental responsibilities. Let's just get a bit into that. How do you convince a CEO listening uh, to take their environmental responsibilities seriously? Okay, so CEOs must first of all always remember that at the heart of every profit we are making, the people and the planet are primary concerns, they should not relegate that into the background because typically everybody wants, is thinking about, oh, want to make money, what is the profit? Your profits should not start at end with just the financial consideration you're putting into your business. You should look at the consideration of those externalities because eventually they'll catch up with you. I've highlighted earlier when we started this conversation that the environment does not have boundaries. And when we look at the effects that these things have on people, it's not localized. They are quite systemic. Let's take, for example, the effect of climate change on somewhere like Lake Chad. It has caused a lot of social problems, which were derived from the environmental challenges of people not being able to fish from the Lake Chad like they used to in the past. So one thing organizations must remember is whatever you are doing, one of the primary considerations you must make is the environmental considerations before you even start any projects, before you make any decision on embarking on any initiative, you must think of environmental and the social considerations. And that is when you can be truly profitable. Because when you do have consequences of not doing these things, you pay more to remedy a situation, to do like a bowel remediation. Look at that organization cleanup that is going on with Shell now, they probably would have spent lots less if they are taking those environmental considerations at the very beginning. I'm sorry for bringing that in. So typically, that's what CEOs should think about when they're doing these things and say, okay, what are the effects of our actions or inactions in relation to the environment and the people that we serve? Okay, that's uh, interesting. I hope the CEOs um, listening can 
relate and they can you know put this to action every 14th october the world celebrates international e-waste day to raise awareness on electronic waste and we've been speaking with an environmental sustainability consultant and the executive secretary of e-waste producer responsibility organization of nigeria apron mrs ibukun falui e-waste producer responsibility organization nigeria is a non-profit organization set up to coordinate the efficient cost-effective and environmentally sound management of end-of-life electrical and electronics. Thank you very much for the conversation. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the insights. I hope we can do this some other time, you know, make the conversation really a lot more broader. Okay. Thank you so much for having us. Was really was a while. We really enjoyed ourselves today. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. So according to the United Nations, in 2021, each person on the planet will produce an average 7.6 kilogram of e-waste, meaning that a massive 57.4 million tons will be generated worldwide. Only 17.4% of this electronic waste containing a mixture of harmful substances and precious materials will be recorded as being properly collected, treated, and recycled. Many initiatives are taken to tackle this growing concern, but none of them can be fully effective and efficient without the active role and the correct education of consumers. This is why this year's International E-Waste Day focuses on the crucial part each of us have to make in making this circular economy a reality for all of us. Let's rise up, let's seize the day, and let's dispose of our electronic and electrical waste properly today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.